everybody, and welcome back to the Outbreak Podcast, an outlet for discussing creativity and the great beyond. We also discuss everything from gaming to film to the dark and dreary corners of the internet. I'm your host on this wild ride, William Key. This is episode 70, and with a new uh, slew of episodes coming forth, we're leaving the 60s, now we're going into the 70s, we've got a lot of big changes coming this way. I alluded to one major change, actually, on the last episode. I'm talking about the fact that next week I am starting a new position within the company that I'm working at. Uh, I'm finally hanging up my steel toe boots and my dirty, raggedy clothes and switching into something a little more business casual. Uh, this is something that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Um, this process has been, it's moving rather slow th- due to COVID and other outside factors that was outside of our control. Uh, but I'm, I'm finally getting out of the plant and I'm going to be uh, working from home, basically uh, working on a hybrid schedule, like once a week in office in Toronto. And then the, re- the, the rest of the week, I'm going to be working from home. Same company, but different position. Uh, and I'm going to be doing more writing than I've ever done before. Writing is going to be my main task for this job. I, I want to kind of go back to beginning, of, beginning to middle of March. This is when things started to kind of work its way. Uh, I, I want to kind of discuss kind of how I got to this position. And I want to kind of give, give you a bit of, of like advice as to um, when you're looking for kind of a clean break or, or looking for a way to kind of start a position that you really want to get into. So the way that this kind of came about, I actually applied to a completely different job that was outside, way outside. I was underqualified for this position. And I was told this at the um, the thought of a of a family friend who is, is also working at this company who suggested that like the company that I'm working for right now it's is very loyal it's very very family oriented and if they like you uh, they may um, based on your resume create a position for you I, I had never heard of that in any other job that I've worked for it, and for people who are, are working within companies and maybe are in major um, you know mid to senior level companies or mid to senior level positions that you may be thinking to yourself like well duh isn't that what you know companies do i had never really worked in a company that really thrived upon internal support i mean there were always internal postings at past jobs that i had applied to but i never thought i never thought that like they they would look at somebody who's you know applying for a position and and not even based on like their qualifications you know Considering the fact that, like, this person has an interesting enough resume that let's have a conversation with him and, and find out what he's all about. So that's what ended up happening. Uh, I, I ended up getting an interview uh, with the VP of marketing for the company I'm working at, which is pretty high up the totem pole. And and I was lucky enough to have a nice, like, 35-minute conversation and kind of go over my history and my based on my resume and the work that I do. Uh, and it turns out, I've had these skills that I haven't been using for the past four and a half years in a full-time capacity that I I was worried, and I think this was part of the reason why I was so hesitant about jumping ship. I was so worried about the fact that like, I felt like I'd been out of the game for so long that my skill set would be dated. You know, we've had the, seen things like TikTok and shorts and stuff on the rise. I have been out of YouTube for just as long as I've been out of writing. So... I was banking on the fact that, you know, I do writing for my blog occasionally, I do writing for this podcast, and I I host and distribute this podcast as well, and then the extent of my social media game is from there, as well as sort of managing myself on Discord and my Discord server. So I didn't think anything of it. And and then 
I guess she liked me enough that she set me up with one of her colleagues that ended up having an interview with me. I ended up doing a writing sample for them. They liked it, so I ended up meeting with them. All in, all this is going on, and, and I don't know if there's even a job at the end of this. I'm just kind of having these meetings. Everybody seems fairly optimistic, and then people within the plant I was working at were like, so I hear you got a new job, and I'm like, I don't know. Nobody's told me anything. And then it wasn't until, like two or three weeks ago that I got the official offer and then I realized it's real I'm I'm finally getting out of the plant it was something that I didn't think I was going to happen this year actually but I was telling people I said I had this sort of epiphany and I didn't realize it at the time until just this year but but turning 30 uh, as well as having a child at home as well as my wife going back to work and seeing how stressful it has been the last couple of months trying to juggle all of our schedules and and the fact that I the farther and farther I've been getting away from my past uh, the more I realize that I miss it a lot and don't get me wrong like my past experiences uh, working for prior companies where I was doing more writing and communications were excellent they were excellent stepping stones but in my last job that was in communications, I definitely feel like it was a position that was I was a little unprepared for uh, in terms of scope, in terms of my skill set. I think I just wasn't mentally, emotionally ready for that scale type of work. I think I had a lot of growing up to do. And I think that in stepping away, kind of coming home, coming closer to home and working in a different environment that allowed me to sort of build up my work ethic and to work for a company like this that has allowed me to hone my skills and to give me a position that I had always uh, wanted to do. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a supervisor in, in my plant and I've always wanted to kind of lead a team. And so I was able to kind of gain that skill set and gain that experience. And now I'm at a point in my life where I'm, I'm thinking to myself, can I get back into this game? Can I get back into the game of writing full time? And certainly now I you know I have my anxieties I have my holdups and you know my confidence is not a hundred percent but the the fact that they the company believes in me enough to give me this opportunity is is something that I will not take for granted for sure what does this mean though for the podcast going forward because now as you many of you know if you've been listening long enough I've been recording the podcast from my office here at, at the plant so I'm gonna now have to move this podcast home uh, and find a way to kind of record this in the evenings uh, at home. Not a problem. I, I think that my family knows that I've been doing this for so long and, and they're going to give me the space and the opportunity to be able to do this because it's sort of my creative outlet. It's the one thing that I get to do for myself that is creative and, you know, it, it's something I can do that is within my control. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure it out. I'm going to find a way to do this from home and that's just the way it's going to be. Another big change I want to talk about, actually, is something that had just stirred up uh, this week. I am switching distributors. I am actually switching podcast distributors. I'm getting away from Podbean, which I've been using since the start of this podcast. And I'm switching to Anchor. Uh, I've had a lot of friends recommend Anchor.fm, not only because it's the cheapest it's the cheapest outlet uh, and it's free and it's easy, but also it's just it seems like the best place to start a podcast now. I have nothing against Podbean. I, I absolutely love Podbean for giving me the opportunity to start it up and to distribute it. I'm just budgetary wise, I'm looking for the best outlet for me, and Anchor seems like the best fit 
for the podcast going forward. So I will uh, talk about the link in the description at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. But this podcast will be available on Anchor. Otherwise, you'll you'll see the podcast still available, hopefully on on all the listening platforms you've been listening to the show. That being said, you know that's all the updates that I have. It's probably been about ten minutes now, kind of giving you a bit of uh, an update on my life. But going back to the prior story, before I get into the main stories of this episode, I did mention that I was going to tell you guys like a little bit of piece of advice. If you're feeling stuck at all within the company and you're at a company that you don't feel like you enjoy working for try to look for opportunities either within the company that something that might be new something like a new challenge that you want to kind of take on or just find a way to get a clean break you know you can continue to work for the company that you're in while also still looking for other positions I'm not telling you to quit your job and and you know not make any money i definitely think that you should be have another job lined up before you leave the one that you're in but I'm just saying, in my case, you know, I really enjoyed the company, but I didn't want to just go off and start fresh at a different company and start right from the bottom. I wanted to look for opportunities within so I didn't have to start start again, like I mentioned. And so I, I was able to kind of build this opportunity for myself, uh, something that I never thought I could do because the company, I guess, liked me enough. You know, I put in four, four and a half years here, worked my way up from the bottom, and now I'm given this opportunity to do what I love to do is what I actually went to school to study basically, which is, you know, the craft of writing at a full-time capacity. I'm going to be paid for it, which who doesn't love to get paid for what they love to do. That being said, I'm just saying like, if, if you guys are stuck at a company that you may or may not enjoy, just look for those opportunities. Maybe seek out like your internal job postings, external job postings, and just apply. And you never know, uh, especially internally. Cause it, if the company likes you enough, if you put in good work, Maybe it's the type of company that may, if it's family-run, family-oriented, they may find a position for you that, you know, is worthwhile. Time to finally move into the stories. First off, I, I want to get into the movie side. Uh, CinemaCon apparently took place this week. And there was a lot of major announcements, a lot of stuff that was kept behind closed doors, which I'm not going to talk about. Like, for example, like Black Panther footage was you know, discussed but not shown. So I'm not really going to go into the stuff that I haven't seen. But I'm going to go into some of the interesting announcements uh, that came from this. Only a couple. First off, I want to talk about this El Muerto, which is a, a new Sony Spider-Man universe film. I had not even heard of this character, but apparently he's a small-time villain in the Spider-Man universe. That's sort of like the Nacho Libre, or that might be offensive. He kind of looks like Bane, actually, but he's like a, a wrestler uh, that's got superpowers whenever he wears a specific uh, mask in the ring. And he's fought Spider-Man on, on, like, two occasions. And I guess he's big enough to get his own film within Sony's universe, and they're kind of building out that slate with more of their side characters. And he's going to be played by um, a rapper and wrestler bad bunny never heard of him but uh, this project seems to be greenlit and moving forward pretty quickly i think it's moved up above other projects like silk and jackpot and Nightwatch. so that's probably going to come a little sooner than those as well we got confirmation that venom 3 is currently in the works as well as ghostbusters afterlife's sequel for the latter i believe we'll probably continue to use the characters from ghostbusters afterlife and maybe we'll see a return of like Bill Murray and all them. Uh, not really sure. I think maybe they want to continue to focus on the kids, uh, this next generation of Ghostbusters. Uh, Venom 3, not sure what the story of this is going to be. Considering the post credit scene of Venom 2 as well as Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, what was shown of Venom in that, 
one can only assume that it could be Venom finally taking on a version of Spider-Man, uh, be it Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, Tom Holland, who the hell knows, or an even bigger story, uh, could be Venom taking on the symbiote god Null himself. That would be a big way to kind of end off the trilogy. Uh, time will only tell. We have no idea. I don't even know if Andy Serkis is on board to direct it again, so we'll find out. As well, uh, Matt Reeves' Batman film was actually greenlit for a sequel. So Batman 2 is going to be happening with Matt Reeves as a director. Robert Pattinson's coming back to play the Batman, and Zoe Kravitz is also coming back to play Catwoman. We don't have any story details on that. It could follow the Joker. The Joker may be the villain for this film, but I've also heard rumors about Court of Owls, about Hush, about Mr. Freeze, maybe the Penguin again. I'm not too sure. But keep in mind as well, HBO Max is working on spinoff series uh, centered around the Penguin, but also is their uh, Gotham PD show has morphed into an Arkham Asylum show. Not sure if those are going to be coming out before the next film. I think the Penguin probably will be, but I think the Arkham Asylum one still needs some time to kind of... It's in development right now, considering that they've switched over. It's still early days. Those are some of the big announcements that I saw from CinemaCon. If there was anything that I missed, which clearly there's probably tons that I missed, just let me know. uh, And, you know, I'll make sure to talk about it on Twitter or something like that. But I want to move on to our next big story. I don't know how much I'm going to have to talk about this. This is probably going to be for more of a personal... Um, social justice standpoint. Uh, so there was, there's been big news for the past uh, week or so about Elon Musk, you know, the head of Tesla, SpaceX, all those big companies. He's been trying to make moves to purchase Twitter, and it seems as though the deal has actually gone forward. So the board of Twitter has agreed to a $44 billion takeover offer from this billionaire Elon Musk. He made this bid less than two weeks ago, and had said that Twitter has tremendous tremendous potential that he would unlock. Um, he also called for a series of changes from relaxing its content restrictions to eradicating fake accounts. The firm initially rebuffed Mr. Musk's bid, but it will now ask shareholders to vote to approve the deal. Uh, so, so far, uh, Mr. Elon Musk is the richest person in the world with an estimated net worth of $273.6 billion, you know, mostly due to... Uh, shareholding an electric vehicle maker Tesla, as well as the aerospace firm SpaceX. He made a statement in the announcement of this deal. He said that free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. He also wants to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots, and authenticating all humans. That sounds like metaverse jargon right here. But um, the big thing to take away from this is that he wants Twitter to revert back to sort of this free-form, open dialogue space where anybody can say whatever they want and nobody is going to get banned or canceled for their statements or for their views or whatnot. From that perspective, that I can see where that makes sense, but I can also see where that where the line is starting to get a little blurred. I don't have any specific examples of this. I know the biggest takeaway was, you know, is Donald Trump going to return to the platform after Elon Musk's uh, takeover is initiated? Trump has already specified that he would not be interested in returning to Twitter, um, despite Musk taking over. I guess you know because of sour experience on there and being banned from the platform. So as part of the takeover, Twitter is expected to be delisted and will be taken private. 
uh, I imagine delisted being delisted from the stock market. Uh, Elon had said that this uh, should give him the freedom to make the changes that he wants to the business. So it just goes to show that anybody with a billion, two billion, five billion plus dollars in the world, like your Jeff Bezos, like your Tim Cooks, like your Elon Musks, can basically control the world. He just decided, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy Twitter, and I'm gonna control, I'm gonna control the free speech market. This sounds like like the work of an evildoer, but we don't know this. Who knows? Maybe this could could be beneficial for Twitter in the long run. But I th- I think that there's a lot of pros and cons to weigh in this. Currently, I'm I don't really know what's gonna come of this. I just see a you know big name man buys a big social media platform. It's it's a lot like when when you see, saw Donald Trump running for president and then eventually winning the presidency. It's like uh, okay, so it's a popular face. Uh, and now he's got a massive control over the population. What is he going to do? This is a sit and wait game at this point. You know, he can speculate until the cows come home, but we don't know really the effects of this until we see him finally get his hands on the company. Now, moving away from Twitter into the gaming sp- into the gaming space, uh, we actually got some news today, and this comes from Video Games Chronicle, that the stockholders of Activision Blizzard have actually voted to approve Microsoft's acquisition of the company. By more than 90 98% of the shares voted at a special meeting that uh, took place, I think today, as a uh, Thursday, when I'm reco- actually recording this today, not Friday, so Thursday the 28th. They were in 98% were in favor of the proposed transaction. Now, coming from CEO and evildoer Bobby Kotick, he said that today's overwhelmingly supportive vote by our stockholders confirms our shared belief that combined with Microsoft, we will be even better positioned to create great value for our players, even greater opportunities for our employees, and to continue our focus on becoming an inspiring, inspiring example of a welcoming, respectful, and inclusive workplace. It's kind of ironic coming from uh, Bobby Kotick, uh, considering that by the time this deal does close, he's probably going to be ousted. But even though that the stockholders have approved this acquisition, the deal has yet to go through as it is still subject to investigation by the FTC, otherwise known as the Federal Trade Commission. Yeah, the FTC has to handle an antitrust review, and they're going to investigate the deal to determine whether the takeover of this publishing giant will constitute unfair competition. And the deal is expected to close at the end of Microsoft's fiscal year, which is on June 30th, 2023. So again, no, no major updates here other than the fact that the stockholders majorly approve of this acquisition. Despite that, it's still unclear. We're still waiting on this FTC investigation. That is the major news that we're waiting for. That is what will decide whether or not this is a legitimate deal that will go through. And it's like, Will it go through or will it not go through? That's sort of the, the, the real deal. There's a very good likely chance that it may not. They may feel that it is unfair that Microsoft is purchasing a company of this magnitude. Considering Activision Blizzard, I believe, was like the fourth largest company, like video game company. They make the games like Call of Duty, Warcraft, Overwatch, Guitar Hero. Like They make all these major titles. So for Microsoft to, to sweep them up, that's a big steal. But, you know, Sony's also making power plays too, right? So this is sort of the acquisition wars going on right now. Let's uh, let's wait and see. We'll move past this, and we're going to move on to another Xbox, Microsoft-related story. So as you guys know, E3 was canceled, but we actually did get confirmation today that the Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase has been confirmed for June 12th. Uh, so we are expected to see um, some amazing... Uh, 
games coming out of Xbox Game Studios, Bethesda. The event's going to start at 1 p.m. Eastern time. will be streamed in over 30 languages on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. This is part of the Summer Games Fest, I believe. The biggest news we're expecting to see probably some major either gameplay footage or major trailer for Starfield out of Bethesda. But there's other games that could showcase as well. Outer Worlds 2, Avowed, Everwild, Perfect Dark, Redfall, State of Decay 3, Forza Motorsport 8, Hellblade 2. This is going to be a big show. I'm looking forward to seeing what we're going to get from Starfield. I doubt we're going to see anything from Elder Scrolls 6, seeing as how Starfield seems to be the major game that's being developed by Bethesda. Guaranteed, though, we're going to see Redfall. We're going to see... Uh, probably a new trailer for everyone. All the games that are listed will probably be shown in some form. I want to see Avowed, I think, was the one that uh, I was intrigued by. It was the kind of like the Skyrim Fable-looking game. Uh, that's the one that I'm the most intrigued by. And I'm also intrigued by uh, State of Decay 3. I thought that that first trailer was really creepy and it was really, really intriguing. Don't know much about Hellblade. I never played the first one, so that one isn't on my radar. Well, Outer Worlds 2, haven't played the first one. Uh, Forza could go either way you know forza just came off a pretty successful uh launch last november so yeah with forza horizon so forza motorsport is probably going to take a spot as well uh perfect dark that would be an interesting one to see i don't know if we're actually going to see anything from it this year we could very likely i I don't know what the uh, actual uh release schedule was for the perfect dark game uh, I'm going to just look it up quickly now, actually, as I'm kind of talking here. Oh, it's being worked on by Crystal? Crystal Dynamics. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, the, we got the announcement for it, but there's no actual date or anything for when they are expected to release this. But it's being developed on Unreal Engine 4, which is kind of surprising, actually, because you'd think that they would have moved up to Unreal Engine 5 by now with the new, uh, the new game. So, yeah, uh, June 12th, mark your calendars. June 12th for the Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase. This will probably be the first of many fantastic uh, showcases that we'll see over the summer as we gear up for another amazing Summer Games Fest. As well, we have a new uh, announcement for a brand new Call of Duty game that is also going to be coming out, I would assume, this year, considering uh, Call of Duty tends to uh, announce games and release them in the same year. So Infinity Ward has officially confirmed that the next game in the Call of Duty series will be Modern Warfare 2. And they used, I believe, an image of Ghost, who is a character from the original Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 in 2009. So Modern Warfare 2's campaign will be centered around the drug war against Colombian cartels. And sources say that the single-player story is a grittier take on Modern Warfare's 2019's campaign, with more close-quarters combat, tricky decision-making, and the classic Call of Duty set-piece moments that fans have come to expect. As well, Activision confirmed this week that the new Call of Duty Warzone is in development, which will be revealed later this year. My guess is that we may see Modern Warfare this year as well, or probably 2023, because I don't think that they were talking about releasing another Call of Duty this year. Warzone's probably going to come out before uh, Modern Warfare 2. I, I see this being one of those like uh, stocking stuffers, uh, possibly. Uh, so usually they try to gear up for like an October-November release. This would probably be the best place to stick it. Uh, not too sure. We'll see. We'll see. I'm 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 not I'm not keeping this on my radar. But it's Call of Duty, so you know I always get intrigued by the trailers and never just never play the games. I haven't touched a Call of Duty since Modern Warfare 2 in 2009. It's been a long time. I was still in high school at the time. 
the final story that I want to touch upon this week was actually one that came out of Polygon. Um, so apparently, according to a report from Game Developer, Sony is requiring some of their PlayStation game developers to create uh, upwards of a two-hour trial version of their game as part of these new changes coming to its PlayStation Plus subscription service. These trial versions will reportedly be required to last, again, like I said, at least two hours long if the game being sold costs $34 or more. Most games that are new are going to cost $34 or more. So this may be an additional leg of work for a lot of employees that are making games for this service. Now, Sony will reportedly give developers up to three months after a game's launch on the PlayStation Store to release a timed trial. If developers would like to submit a demo in lieu of a trial version, Sony will reportedly approve those games on a case-by-case basis. Now, game developer say the requirements are not retroactive and do not apply to new PlayStation VR titles. Now, of course, this news obviously comes after Sony announced the revamp of its PlayStation Plus service. This new tier for limited time game trials only applies to PlayStation Plus Premium. It doesn't apply to the extra or the uh, the starter one. I can't remember <laughs> what it was called. PlayStation Plus Essential and Extra, I believe, were the, the beginning ones. This is a report. I don't actually know if this has been confirmed or not, uh, but given the fact that they are leaning into the trials for these games, it would make sense. Two hours does sound like a fairly reasonable time for games this, these days. Like, even... Uh, Stranger of Paradise, which I did demo, did feel like a two-hour demo. I, I didn't finish it, but it, like in the fact that it took, it took about two and a half hours for me to play through as much of the game as I could. Uh, I can see them doing uh, lengthy demos. I don't know if this is going to require more work or not. I would imagine it would require specific devs to cut certain portions from the game to kind of splice it together into a two-hour trial. But I don't know how that works behind the scenes. If anybody is in game development and and would be interested in letting me know if this is something that's going to be more taxing for the developers of these games, feel free to comment on this this episode or send me a a message on Twitter or Discord because I am curious if this is just more work for the developers at the end of the day to try to keep up with this uh, upcoming rehaul of the PlayStation Plus service. I haven't done shoutouts in a long time, but I figure... You know, with all the changes coming down the pipe, I want to give a few heartwarming shout-outs. First off, I want to give a shout-out to Carpool Gaming. That name might not ring familiar to you, but if you guys know, I am a huge fan of Sean Capri and We The GamerCast. Uh, the You, Me, and Capri brand, which houses podcasts such as We The GamerCast, The RPG Cave, The Xbox Drive, Nintendo Drive, The PlayStation Drive. I'm probably missing one. Uh, the Console War Room, I believe. Uh, as well as the Pants Patreon podcast, which is an exclusive Patreon uh, podcast. All of these shows are ne- were under the Yumi and Capri brand. And as of Yumi and Capri Day, which took place, I think, two or three weeks ago, they've rebranded under Carpool Gaming to kind of fit the theme of a lot of the driving on-the-road podcast. And in listening to Sean on, on at least the last two episodes of his podcast, he just sounded really excited and really thrilled by the change. And there's been overwhelming support by the community. He's got like a, an influx of new subscribers over on Patreon. And he's even talking about potentially quitting his full-time job to run this full-time, which is amazing. I was a guest on We The Gamer Cast last September. And I got to tell you, like, nobody is more deserving of, of all this hard work and dedication and positivity than Sean Capri. Because he, he, 
he puts it out into the world and it is delivered tenfold. Like this, this man is like a podcast god right now. I look up to this guy. Uh, he's definitely a, a podcaster you guys really need to tune into. And of course, if I can recommend any podcast of those on the list, We the GamerCast would be on top of that. Um, he's brought in some excellent uh, people to help uh, work on the rebrand, including he's been working with Ryan Turford, who was a former host of uh, the PlayStation Drive, and I think he's focused primarily now on the Xbox Drive, uh, as well, Console Cato, uh, who is uh, a streamer and I believe YouTuber who, who specializes mostly in Animal Crossing content, who is also a co-host on the Nintendo Drive, is working uh, with them on merch, as well, Court Lalonde, who was doing uh, Nintendo Dads, I believe, as well as some occasional guesting on Press YYZ, is now working with them full-time in terms of kind of social media and being and now is the new co-host with Matt from Burnout Brighter. The two of them are, are hosting the PlayStation Drive together. So it's an amazing team that's been put together and they are doing some excellent work and I'm so glad to be a part of that community and I love those people very much. As well, I also want to give another major shout out to Jordan and Matt from the Royal City Games cast. I haven't been on a, in a couple episodes. I've been kind of blowing them off, uh, not on purpose. It's just been a lot of personal stuff going on in my life the last couple of weeks. But hopefully, if, they'll, if they're willing to have me on, I'll, I would love to come back on anytime uh, as things are starting to settle in as I settle into my new position. Royal City Games cast, if you guys haven't heard of it, it's very similar in realm to this podcast, but it it's a two-person podcast potentially three if i hop on for an episode because i've been looking forward to, to jumping back on with those guys and it's talking about the latest in games much like we do and finally another podcast that has asked me to come on to guest but i've also been blowing them off for the same reasons that i've been blowing off jordan uh, it, it's press yyz and that community as well is very wholesome very very humbling community uh hosted by by alexander Kazina and nate and aj those guys have asked me to come on and guest for press yyz so i'm sure in the coming uh, month or so i'm going to do a guest spot on that show and i will let you guys know when it drops i do i do enjoy listening to those guys as well they they do keep up with the news they do keep up with the latest in games but they also do some very special like specific episodes that go that go outside of the traditional realm of just covering the latest news they do some like very special kind of deep dives on on certain topics and and it's a podcast that i really enjoy listening to as well finally i want to jump into our poll question of the week if you guys have watched uh the, the podcast from last week you know that the po the poll was centered around kingdom hearts 4 i wanted to know if you guys were excited for kingdom hearts 4 uh i didn't get any votes on the podcast outbreak side but over on at will key it was split down the middle 50 50. again this trailer it was so early days but people are already starting to talk about, like, what are the worlds going to be? And people thought that the forest world that was shown in the trailer was Endor from Star Wars. And it actually, it was um, my friend Alex, uh, also known as at SciJester99 over on Twitter. He was originally Noble Shadow, but go follow him. He's at SciJester99, was saying that he was hoping for some Star Wars and Marvel. I think with this new era of Kingdom Hearts games, this new trilogy, it seems all but certain that we're going to get something related to Star Wars and Marvel, but we've already gotten Marvel because Big Hero 6 was in uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. So I'm looking forward to Star Wars. I want to see uh, Sora fight Darth Vader, for God's sake. Let's go. So it was split 50-50. That was how the votes went. This week's poll question, I want to know, do you guys think that Elon Musk's Twitter deal could help or hinder the social media platform going forward? So the answer is that I'll give to you or help hinder 
or unclear? I think that a lot of you are going to say either hinder or unclear, probably more unclear, because again, we don't know what Elon Musk is going to plan to do with this platform. We have ideas, and some of them could be positive, some could be negative, depending on which side you're on, you know, the social justice side or the not so social justice side. So again, that, uh, that, that poll will be available until the release of the next episode, which should be a work from home episode. I'll be officially recording the podcast from home starting next week. Hopefully it goes off without a hitch. I will let you guys know if it actually works out. But that being said, we are at the end of the episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can head over to my blog, wkey.wordpress.com, where I occasionally will post feature-length articles, news pieces, or general opinions on anything I find interesting. If you want to follow me on social media, head over to my Twitter account, at Podcast Outbreak for the podcast, where you'll get the latest episodes and the occasional, you know, I, I occasionally share a retweet here and there if I am happen to be logged in accidentally when I meant to be logged into at Will Key, which is my main one. Make sure you follow me over there. I'm more active over there as well. I do have a TikTok account. I uh, haven't been using it much, but I uh, will try to figure out a way to use it more in the future. Uh, at William Outbreak is what you can search on TikTok as well. You can search at William Outbreak on redbubble where i have two current shirt designs right now if you haven't joined me yet on our discord server or subscribe to my personal youtube channel uh, links will be available in the show notes below if you guys are listening to me now officially on anchor.fm you can search anchor.fm backslash the outbreak podcast that is where the podcast will be hosted for the uh, immediate future uh, thank you so much to podbean for uh, 75 amazing episodes distributed through there i i really am grateful for the opportunity to be able to finally you know move on and take this podcast to the next level so this podcast as long as it's being distributed by anchor should also continue to distribute this podcast to the metaverse that includes apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify listen notes iHeartRadio, radio uh tune in plus alexa and amazon music plus audible Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. This is a jam-packed episode. I, I hope that you go and rest your ears now. Rest your ears gently. Have yourselves a great night. <laughs>